0: Father Harrison, do you know what's my least favorite thing about being a priest? Paperwork. Ooh, close. That's up there. But right now, I've gotten kind of a better handle on the paperwork. Yeah. Uh, and like my paperwork for now is done, pretty set. I'm like on track. I'm ahead of all my marriage stuff. Um, I'm doing an okay job. But right now, my least favorite thing about the Thousand Priesthood is meetings.
1: That was my next one. Yeah, right? <laughs>
0: and like, so meetings, they're important because really I'm learning this more and more, especially in a parish like ours. There's so much going on and we're building something, you know, new and mm-hmm. we're finding out who we are, who we want to be and how we can best you know, love God and neighbor. Communication is so, so, so important. Right. There's so many different kinds of communication that happen on in the parish. Anything... From like the kind of general sort of like uh, fraternity and friendship you have among staff mm-hmm. to enter like which um, departments are communicating with what and then who's in charge of what you've got a volunteer who wants to do an adult mm-hmm. thing well then they want to do something with the parish who do they go to and then, of course scheduling is this crazy thing so I totally get that meetings are a very important thing right my problem is that a lot of times we are not to use a fancy Catholic word, and uh, we're not intentional about our meetings so much.
1: Okay. Explain.
0: So, so, um, you know, we have a a staff meeting every Tuesday, which is great. I love having the staff meeting every Tuesday Mm -hmm. because everyone, you know, the staff, we get in one room and we talk about what's going on, and that's a really helpful thing for communication. But sometimes when there's not a clear agenda and not a clear goal, and not a clear time limit, then those meetings are less productive and less focused than they need to be. Right. Now, as I'm kind of talking about this, I haven't done anything to help this. So let's just throw that out there. Father Anthony yeah, isn't yeah, the yeah. one with the great ideas, but it's something I'm thinking about more and more. Um, but like, you know, just had a meeting, it was an important thing to talk about website stuff and all mm-hmm. that jazz, but the problems we made were we, weren't, we didn't make it very clear who needed to be there. We didn't make it very clear what the meeting was going to be about. And so it ended up going on, going overtime and it was so it wasn't well run. Right, and that it was it was a thing because the reason why it wasn't necessarily well it wasn't well planned necessarily. Okay. And the reason why that happened is because it wasn't a clear there isn't a good culture of well-run meetings yet in my okay. parish, I don't think. Yeah. Right. So it just uh, and, and this is their thing. Like, I this is my opinion. If there's no designated time limit for a meeting, if you're saying you have a, this meeting, it starts at three. When does that meeting
1: end, Father Harrison? Which I would say, if it's a, if it's for a decently important thing, it should be no longer than an hour. I'm right there with
0: you, right? If there's no like scheduled time limit, the assumption is an hour. When I meet with people, yeah. when people want to meet with a priest, I'm gonna keep it to an hour. Now, that's much easier to do one-on-one. So, these are different yes. things. But then you have, when, when we're not everyone is clear about what the goals are, you can't focus on those goals and things get really late, and you end up being late for a podcast, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Right. But I'm just learning, and this is a growing process for everyone, but I'm just learning more and more like, the importance of focused and intentional communication in the parish. Yes. And, and we're not nearly, I mean, we're not, I mean, I've been at way worse, way worse yeah. stuff. We're doing just, okay. But,
1: but we're not taught how to do that.
0: Right? No.
1: Well, I had like one class on this sort of stuff. Yeah, but classes, I don't know if it's classes that need to necessarily be the case. Like, I, So I have a priest friend visiting with me right now, and he's a formator at the regional seminary for Western Canada.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was telling him, I said, I almost feel like there needs to be like a class for like two weeks for new pastors. Yeah. How to run a meeting, how to run them well, how to run them efficiently, um, how to read and, and and project budgets and all this stuff, you know, uh, just all the fun, all the fun stuff of management, essentially, uh, because these are things that we need to do that no one teaches us how to do. And, and um, I think the reason I think priests, they intend for things to go smoothly and quickly, but because they haven't been taught how to run a meeting, they can easily go off the rails. Right.
0: Or you can be like, this is rarely the error that happens, but it can happen. This is what I, the error I would make when I was running meetings in the seminary because I was part of uh, the community life. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Father Harrison, I'm obviously the life of the community, right? So I was running community life, and sometimes I would cut things too short mm. and move along too quickly before important discussion needed to happen. But that's usually not the side we err
1: on. Right. Like, I think if it's... If people are starting to repeat themselves, that's usually a sign that we should move on. Right. Like yeah. like when I have pastoral counsel, sometimes they start circling. I'm like, do you know what? We've talked about this enough already. Let's go into to the next item. Mm-hmm. And you just do that. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Because no one wants to sit. I think, me, I think people would appreciate meetings a lot more if they were always well run.
0: Right. And that actually changes the attitude of people going into the meetings when there's expected that you know what you're going to say and what you're going to do what you need to talk about you come more mm-hmm. prepared and that's helpful but also you don't show up to a meeting going is the worst right that's a huge difference too
1: yeah yeah
0: but you know what's better than a meeting that lasts for an hour Father harrison
1: this podcast that po- lasts for an hour
0: a podcast that lasts for about an hour welcome to clerically speaking i'm father
1: anthony and i'm father harris you know i didn't think it was going to be rhetorical or not so i just thought i'd answer it
0: yeah no it's good it's good
1: yeah yeah uh i'm just the worst thing about uh by the way okay people are giving me a hard time for using the word holidays or are they because, but here's the thing, I, when I, one of the things that Jonathan last gave me when I was in Washington was uh, this series, it's like a collection of, it's in hardback of comic books on Hawkeye, and it's, but it's about like, when Hawkeye's not with the Avengers, like when he's not doing his superhero thing, but like when he's living in his apartment. Oh, neat. And they use the word holiday, and this is American, so you're all wrong.
0: Wow, that's the uh, bulletproof evidence you're bringing to... The argument right there. Comics
1: prove everything right.
0: That is maybe the strongest argument from authority I've ever heard. There because you go. So. Because, because Hawkeye says so. Ex-
1: <laughs> you don't want to piss him off.
0: <laughs> no, he will shoot you with an arrow, and that yes. that seems like an uncomfortable experience. Exactly. I'd rather get shot with a bullet than shot with an arrow, I think.
1: Right. Uh, because yeah, like- I would agree, because the, the bullet, you might not even notice it hit, hit you initially.
0: Right. But like, well, you'll arrow, notice an arrow hit you. Yeah, it's just sticking out of you. And like, and, what do you? And I Hawkeye guess...
1: tries not to kill people, so like that—that's even worse. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to make—he's just trying to injure them, not not kill them. So anyway, so I'm back, and the hard thing that come about coming back from holidays is catching up on all the stuff you missed while you're away for ten days, uh, which yeah. wasn't too bad because it's the summer. But like, I just had all morning. I was just spending. Speaking of like meetings and stuff. Uh, consumer protection bc wanted to come and look over our cemetery and so it's never really been in order so i've been scrambling the last few days to get that all together and thankfully my secretary does amazing work and did the brunt of the work while I was away which i was very grateful for That is great. Um so you got that and just meetings and catching up on emails and all the fun stuff and then you're like you you kind of you kind of have like a post holiday crash Mm Like you suddenly get like I was exhausted all weekend. Oh right, yeah. So tired, Mm -hmm. Uh, but um, but it was good. I did a I did a confirmation first communion on the weekend uh, for a child. Yeah, Yeah, the uh, they live in Thailand, but grandma lives here, and they don't have a church nearby them. So they asked while they were home visiting grandma if they could do it here, and the bishop gave me permission to do it. So that was fun, and you know. But just getting back to the groove. Back yeah, to the absolutely. groove. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of want to go back on vacation. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. But, but um, okay, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have it. I, to be honest, I don't have a lot of banter today. I'm, I'm, I also slept horribly last night. I, one of the things I'm doing this week is I'm getting a sleep test done. So like, I have to put this little device on my finger while I sleep. But I slept, like, I got maybe three and a half, four hours of sleep last night.
0: Oh, that's gross.
1: And I woke, kept on waking up, like, every hour and a half. Nah. So I'm I'm kind of out of it today.
0: That'll do it.
1: Yeah. So.
0: But you know who else was bad at segues? Thomas Aquinas. It's the Summa Tweetologica. <laughs> Summa Tweetologica. The Summa Theologica was St. Thomas Aquinas' summary of theology. And the Summa Tweedalogica is our summary of things we found interesting on Twitter.
1: That was a good segue. I liked it. I, it wasn't- I, 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 I appreciated it. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh, quick Twitter notification. So you might remember um, last week <laughs> I, I ranted about uh, no. my blockchain and everything. And I have many more thoughts that have been developing But I don't want to do like two episodes of talking about Twitter speak. Um, But this is important. I have set up a new (laughs) account. A tribunal. And a tribunal is a bit of a misnomer because basically it's just a place where you can say, hey, father, unblock me. I'll quickly check your Twitter feed to see if you're like a crazy person. And if you're not like a super crazy person, I'll just unblock you. That's what's going on with that. So that is, I think it's at father unblock. So, if you feel like you've been unright, <laughs> if you have been a, a casualty of war in the great uh, Twitter blockchain fiasco, which has caused so much turmoil and suffering, one, Twitter should not cause turmoil and suffering, but two, you can go ahead and DM that account, and uh, I'll work through
1: that. So, there you go. And, you know, uh, while we're talking about, like, new Twitter accounts, just by oh. the way, have you, have, you come, have you seen this new Catholic Affirms Twitter account? Catholic Compliments. Yes. Isn't that a great thing? See, but I think people are already ruining it because
0: we can't have nice things. So uh, Cap- Catholic Compliments is this little um, account that popped up and is just randomly complimenting um, Catholics on Twitter. And yeah. if you have someone you want to compliment anonymously, you DM this person right. with your compliment and they'll just like go out and do it. And it's been really nice because it's yeah. just positivity. And it's it's whoever you want to. So, I mean, they're complimenting... You know, they're complimenting myself. They're complimenting Taylor Marshall. They're complimenting the little accounts, big accounts. And that's all beautiful and wonderful and simple
1: and good, right? It's been quite beautiful, but there's one problem.
0: What's the problem?
1: I've been noticing through this account that there are people on Twitter who don't follow me. Oh. Like- it's like mentioning people like, who's this person? I'm like, oh, they don't follow me. Like, what the heck? <laughs>
0: Father Harrison, you need only to look at the number of your followers and the number of my followers to learn that.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh yeah, but it's like but I've already heard like some like here's the thing, like just can we just not make things a bigger deal than they need to be? Like this is a nice thing that's happening. Just let it yeah. be a nice thing. It's not exactly. gonna fix everyone. It's, it's not, not gonna it's-, it's not gonna affirm everyone's exactly being and existence,
1: nor should it. But so it's a just, nice little bit of positivity and let's just enjoy it.
0: Yes. Can we just be Can we just calm down and just have a nice thing? So I think it is a good thing.
1: Yeah. So, okay. all right, what do you got?
0: I have a browser on my computer screen mm-hmm. and it has my Twitter account on it. And yes. I click messages. Yes. And then and I go said- to assume a tweet of logica. Yes. And then I find this tweet by at Carrie Helmick. And the Helmix, they hosted us Wednesday night yeah. last weekend. And they are, just, they are lovely, lovely people. Yes, they are. They, they are really lovely. are
1: lovely. Yes.
0: And uh, Carrie says this. Honestly, don't feel a need to read my TBR shelf anymore. It's enough to look at it and think about how smart I would be, hypothetically, if I did read it.
1: <laughs> so it's her to be
0: Red shelf, and there's uh, various books on there. You go, oh, whoa, we got <laughs> The Essence of Plato. It's this huge, thick-looking book.
1: <laughs> I think it's uh, The Essential Plato.
0: The Essential... Oh, The Essential Plato. Okay. We got uh, Precious Little Sleep is on there. Uh, what, some other book I can't quite read. The Latin Mass Explained, which I've actually read that one. It's... Uh, uh, you got Introduction to Christology. I think I had to read that for class. Wise Blood by Flannery. You've got... So, I have this same problem, Father Harrison. Yeah. Behind me are many books. Uh, almost all of well, them I've used for reference. There's a few books. There's a few. Okay. Yes, it's relative. I have a few books. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes I do look at some of the ones I haven't read or I've only used for reference. And I think to myself, man, if I knew everything that's in these books, I'd be real smart. Right. Now, how do you feel? Because you've read every book that's ever been written. Do you feel smart?
1: Oh, absolutely. I've read every book that's ever been written. No, I don't feel smart. Uh, Usually I find the more I read, the more I realize how not not smart I am. (laughs) Hence that sentence I just spoke. Uh, (laughs) I expect good grammar. Um, (laughs) Yes. uh, No, I mean, I have that same problem too. I start piling up books and, and I have, but my problem is I don't have one pile. I have many piles of things I'm in the progress of reading or things I started to read and then kind of put off to the side. And uh, I, I swear I probably have a bit of ADHD or something like that because it gets hard to actually finish, you know, carry it out to the end. Question. Yes.
0: What's the last book you have read cover to cover?
1: That would have been uh, The Unity of the Nations by Joseph Ratzinger. Beautiful. Was it good? I read that. It was very good. I read it. Okay. I finished it last week. So, you know, you know mm-hmm. I do read some books. So how do I cover?
0: I don't think I've read a book cover to cover in a long time. I've listened to a book cover to cover on Audible. Uh-huh. But that's usually uh-huh. where I get most of my reading is through listening.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with this made me really laugh this morning uh, from at Propostle, Ethan Stweevee.
0: Ethan Stweevee, our favorite Ethan Stweevee. Yes. Ethan Stweevee and Patrick Nevee are the ones who do the crunch uh podcast yeah the... i just heard about this podcast apparently it's okay
1: it's uh, you've been on it a few times
0: uh no i haven't
1: yes you have I li- I, i've heard you don't remember You did like a live show you walked in on them
0: yeah don't remember doing that huh. i only do um like big time podcasts so i would not
1: have been <laughs> on theirs so why were you on catching foxes then
0: catching foxes i, I see i don't remember that either
1: I was trying to burn catching foxes there. I know. (laughs) Come
0: on. You're like. I'm doing uh, this bit where I degrade other podcasts by pretending I've never been on them. That's the bit. All (laughs) right. I know.
1: Uh, I was trying to use the bit to knock down catching foxes. You know who would be
0: really good at this bit? Who? The guys from The Crunch. Yeah, probably. They're much better at, at bits.
1: Anyways, Ethan says this. When people ask me how to get up earlier, I just tell them to do what I do. As soon as the alarm goes off, I spring out of bed. Kneel down, look up at God and scream, heroic for 60 seconds. At the end of this time, God says to me, try again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love this so much. It was so good. <laughs> it's just like, and, and so for those who don't know, uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva uh, uh, counsels people to the heroic minute that when your alarm goes up, off, you are to get out of your bed within the first minute of your day. No matter how tired you're feeling, you just get up. Um, And so that's kind of what he's playing off of.
0: Yeah. And it's a great Lenten practice. Like if you think like you're really good at Lent, try doing this thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. One is great because the one thing that I I know mentally but don't really accept is really hitting this news button does not help me feel more awake in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like lying in bed does not make me feel more energized. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be as tired as I am as soon as I wake up. So might Mm -hmm. as well just get up, force yourself awake and go about your day. And his big thing is like, if you win the first victory of the day, this, this little battle, then you're much more inclined to win the other victories of virtue during right. the
1: day. Right. And it's, I get it. I really struggle with mornings. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I, and I, for me, part of it is, this is why I'm doing these sleep tests. Because my doctor asked me a few weeks ago when I went to see him, he goes, when was the last time you felt rested when you slept? And I said, I've never felt rested when I wake up. That's so sad. He goes, he goes that's not good. <laughs> no. Said, that's terrible. So I think that's part of the reason I struggle with mornings is because I just I've never known what rest actually feels like. Mm. So, I think it, I think if you have like something like apnea or something like that, maybe it might be a little tougher. Yeah. But I do see a benefit to it too. Like I have noticed those times or even if it's something like I'm going to wake up I get out of bed. I go make a coffee. I go back to bed, but not to lay down. But maybe I'll like do some work on my laptop or something like that, or pray morning prayer, even something like that. Just getting out of bed that first moment,
0: yeah, it helps. Yeah, taking taking the morning slow, I think, is okay. But just it's the getting out of bed is the big thing.
1: Good mornings suck, and I don't know why (laughs) God created them.
0: You know. It's funny because, like, you sort of assume all priests are morning priests because you always have to say mass in the morning. I've made it very clear to my people that I am not a morning priest. Uh, Right. But it doesn't matter because you still got to wake up. So what do you got? I got a tweet from Zachary Mabry at Zach Mabry. Yep. Lunchables are jacouterie is what he says with the hand clap emojis. I think that's how you do that in real life emphasize is that how you do that or what do you do or we do do this lunchables are charcuterie
1: i think it's the second
0: both are super annoying and terrible which is why it's fun to use ironically so i actually wholeheartedly agree that lunchables are charcuterie i have evidence because producer nick a few months ago he threw a charcuterie party and uh-huh. He has this big uh, wooden board that he'll use to actually make homemade ravioli. And it's a real big guy. So people just brought meats and cheeses. <laughs> and some people brought Lunchables. And some people brought like easy cheese, which was great. Very classy sort of move. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know the proper definition for charcuterie. But if it's mm-hmm. like a meat and it's a cheese, I think it's where you put it. If you put it on a board mm-hmm. or on a slate, yeah. then it's charcuterie.
1: Right. So we just so what you're saying is if I go to the market, buy some snackables, take yeah. them out of the plastic, put them on like a cut, wooden cutting board. It's not snackables anymore. It is charcuterie. Absolutely. Why didn't you pronounce it like you pronounce French? Jacques.
0: Jacques. That's a word I'm more familiar with cuz um it's not like me reading it for the first time.
1: Right. Jacques. So we're going to do we're going to do something new here, like, clerically speaking. This tweet just came out right now. It's not oh, even wow. the DMs yet. Live, but I laughed as I saw this. Yet. live okay. as we're recording. This is from at Jacob Jago, and he says this. Not sure when I gave Father Harrison control of my bank account, but it's working out well so far. And he's got a picture attached to it. All right, and he bought Jesus of Nazareth, Introduction to Christianity, and Spirit of Liturgy, all by Ratzinger which are by the way those are my those are my three and those are my books i always say to people these are the three books you should read to get into Ratzinger. but i just thought i move product baby ignatius Change. press should be sponsoring the show man they should be paying me i make i sell books for them for Pete's sakes
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yes yes that's excellent and those are those are i mean those are good ones. You'll
1: learn a whole lot if you. You will learn a lot. They're, they are fantastic, fantastic books. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend them. So, uh, yeah, there you go, folks. Buy those books. Changing hearts, changing minds—a beautiful thing. Amen.
0: Alrighty. Oh, oh, we have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. This is from uh, a tweet from. And I can't believe they haven't taken it down, um, or whatever. So this is from uh, the Rochester Cathedral.
1: Oh right, Rochester
0: Cathedral. Yeah. And it says open now. Challenge your friends and family to a round of bridge-themed adventure golf and our free summer activity. <laughs> Visit our website for more information and opening times. Thanks to at Rochester Bridge for creating the course. Visit blah, blah, blah. And it's, um, it's the cathedral. And yep. instead of where you would find, like, pews or where people would um, oh, – what do they do at church? What's the thing they do at the church? Uh, worship. Instead mm-hmm. of, like, a space for that, they have – Mini golf set up, mm-hmm. a mini golf course in the church. Yeah. So, Father Harrison, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of aficionado when it comes to mini golf. Okay. Also lovingly known as putt
1: putt. Putt putt. Did you? Did, is this a seminary thing?
0: This is a seminary thing. I was a chairman of the founder and chairman of two mini golf tournaments while in seminary.
1: Did you? It was also awesome build thing. gingerbread houses.
0: We. Did not do that. Okay. But uh, we had, you know, we our guys are pretty creative. Uh we could have done a really what good What golf dresses. shirts did you wear? We didn't have golf shirts. Oh. So one thing we didn't have. We did have we did purchase putters. Okay. We had mini golf pencils. We had a course map. Uh-huh. We had uh brochures. Yeah. We had uh prizes and trophies. Okay. So what we did was in each of the seminary the uh, seminary basically you have your room and People were invited to turn their room into a single <laughs> um, putt putt. You know, that's kind of that's so, kind of awesome. And there were different themes, and it was great. Uh, I forget my first my first one was the PBR Palace. Um, <laughs> I had to that have is a few the only sem- good
1: use for those cans, by the way.
0: <laughs> I had to throw a few <laughs> seminary parties to get enough cans to make that work. And the second one was a Year of Mercy uh, themed course. Where you could um, get into the, the out of bounds, but you would get a free uh, reshot because yeah. of your mercy. Um, but anyway, so the guy, it was really fun because the reason why doing stupid stuff, like making gingerbread houses or like putt-putt stuff, is like we don't get a lot of opportunities to just do something creative mm-hmm. or build something or make something. Mm-hmm. So it was a great success. Anyway, this is all to say is I have nothing against golf. Right. I'm all for it. But what in the blue hell is going on at this cathedral, Father Harrison.
1: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to riff off something that uh, Ann Carpenter said on Twitter about this, at Catholic Kung Fu. She makes this point. She goes, let's just step back for a second, OK? What if, because I actually, I, I think I agree with her now. I've been pondering what she had to say. What do we expect? in all seriousness, she says, aside from being owned by the state essentially as museums, what do we expect expect to happen to these places? Like, if we're mad that the secular world is dancing on the bones of Christianity, if that's not news. That's not new. If we're mad about the violation of a sacred space, who's around to call it sacred? If we're mad white Christianity is dying, has bones to dance on, so what? Like, really, so what? So these are just, she goes, um, but I think... She's got a point. Like, this ceased being a sacred space a long time ago.
0: Oof, that's that's the hot take. <laughs> that's right the hot there. take,
1: right? And I think she's kind of right, and I think it's sad because that's like that. That was John Fisher's cathedral, Saint John Fisher. Yeah. So there's a sadness there. I think there is that sadness, but guess what? Like, there's there's I think maybe not. I don't think maybe outrage is the right word. I think sadness should be there that, yeah, do what part of our tradition is, is dying. Yeah. But that doesn't mean Christianity dies with it. True. Right? So I, I don't know. I I'm kind of like, I think it's kind of silly and very Anglican. Um, <laughs> but if I ever saw it in a Catholic church, I'd have a different take. Sure. I don't know yeah uh
0: i think i guess the underlying point there's a really good one um the faith in the people dies before the church churches do yeah it's time for patreon (laughs) pontifications (laughs) patreon pontifications you support us we read your tweets (laughs) please consider donating to our patreon money goes to paying for equipment and podcast hosting fees as well as paying producer nick a just wage for all the work he does any money collected that goes beyond that will be donated to the missionaries of charity. Go to Patreon.com/slash. Clerically speaking, to have a chance at your chosen tweet talked about on the podcast, Father Harrison. This is week two of you doing the work, facilitating the tweets. I also
1: need to remember to get you the password to the podcast account.
0: I'll, I'll take it back. I'll take well, it back. I, I, I don't mind doing what it. What do we t- got? All right, uh, we're gonna ask. Oh, oh, oh no, yeah. no! Before we do that, before we do that, I made myself into a fool the other podcast. Okay because I apologize for not getting people stickers. Producer Nick has informed me it's not my fault, Father Harrison. Why not? It's not it's not your fault either.
1: Well, no, cuz I actually because distributed stickers.
0: You already, of course you distributed I, I did some my stickers, job. which is very good. You did you did your job. But producer Nick behind the scenes has been trying to contact our Patreon supporters and many of them have not been giving him their address. Oh. So, if you want your sticker, go to patreon.com and send us your address. Uh-huh. Yeah, do it. And that'll be happening soon. Do it. So my, both my mother and my father have volunteered that's, that's awesome. to actually, like once we get the addresses, to actually send out the stickers. God bless them. So you might get one from Mama Sharapa. You might get one from the original Papa Sharapa. We'll see, but I think that's how it's going to happen. Awesome. Okay, that's Okay, right. that's all
1: I want to say. So this is from Ashley at vintage underscore sister. And she says this. Yes, but left to my own devices, I'd remain single forever in order to be a jack of all trades where love and mercy are concerned. And I'm not entirely sure if this is a good thing. She's responding to uh, a tweet from Aaron D at Aaron D 90 who says "Friend, reminder to stop waiting for God to give you absolute certainty and just make a decision. Jeez, people. Um, so it's, we're getting to vocation talk again.
0: Yeah. So first, thank you, Ashley, for being a talk.
1: Patreon uh, supporter there. And I think there's two things like that, right? She's like, I'm not sure if this is a good thing to remain single forever type of thing. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like, if you remember way back to our discernment episode, uh, way way back at the beginnings. It's a classic. Hey, by the way, folks, next week's our one-year anniversary. What? That's kind of crazy. It's um, kind of neat. So way back at the beginning, we talked about this. And I said that, you know, some people, not because of their own choice per se, but because of circumstances, will never find... A vocation, either to religious life or to marriage, they will mm-hmm. remain single. That is not God's divine plan, but it's also the, re- the the consequences of human freedom. Maybe it's our own freedom that gets in the way. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's a community who's being a jerk and not letting this person in, even though God wants them in there. Um, whatever, a bishop doesn't accept a guy. All that stuff. And I said that if you remain single. That you have to live kind of a quasi-religious life, yeah. right? And I think actually, Ashley kind of gets what she what that is meant to look like. She says, "I want to be kind of a jack of all trades, uh, where love and mercy are concerned. Like to just do to be always available to bring Christ's love and mercy to whatever it is in her in her state of singleness." And I kind of think that's if you're going to be single, that's the right thing to do. It is a kind of quasi-religious choice. If you don't experience an election from God and you can't get married for whatever reason, that is, you can live that kind of quasi-religious vocation as a single person.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest problems behind discernment culture right now in the church is that we think that God only loves us if we find our vocation. And that's absolutely not true. God loves you, period. Right. So like... If it was one of those, you know, genuinely tragic cir- circumstances where mm-hmm. you are kind of almost pushed into the single life, mm-hmm. which which does happen, that doesn't mean God loves you less. Right. In fact, that's I think mean, that should be seen as a cross that will sanctify you in an incredibly deep way and sanctify the church. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I always appreciate about images of the Stations of the Cross is that the station where Jesus picks up his cross it's never him picking it up from the ground. Right. It's always kind of descending from an angle, descending from the heights. So one, he's not looking around and choosing what's the best cross, he's just accepting what's coming from him. And the idea is that in some certain sense, this is coming from God. Mm -hmm. So even our sufferings, and like we're were blowing by a lot of like deep emotional stuff, go listen to our other episode to get a deep discussion of this, but you are now in a way privileged to suffer with Christ in this particular way. Mm -hmm. So don't don't act don't seem like it's like do or die God will love me or He won't love me right. the, all, the entire divine plan will be ruined that's not true the ultimate divine plan will actually be fulfilled yeah. in your acceptance of this cross exactly God's love is never absent Amen Amen cool cool uh, speaking of devotions mm-hmm. like Stations of the Cross we're gonna do a little bit of devotional talk in presbyteral exhortations and now it is time for presbyteral. Exhortations. Oh yeah, quite good, quite good, indubitably. Mm-hmm. I bet they can't wait to learn. Gonna learn it's my favorite part. It's oh. the best part. Yes,
1: quite. Yes. C. Yes. So, Paul Harrison. C plus. Oh, C plus.
0: Yeah, 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 my, yeah, yeah. I know. I, know, I know it's it's it's
1: you. You came out of meetings. I'm at nap I time. Even though I can't nap, this is nap <laughs> I time. I didn't
0: have nap time.
1: Even though I can't, I actually can't nap, but I just get like groggy at this time of day. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's like a, it's like a mental nap exactly. time. Uh, All right. Cool. Father Harrison, yes.
0: describe to the people what I'm jingling in front of my microphone.
1: So you're jingling a really cool rosary and I'm just kind of curious why you got one.
0: Okay. 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 So
1: um, <laughs> we
0: story time, story time. So settle down, kids. Time for Father Anthony tell story. Uh, a while back, uh, I don't know how I discovered them. I think it was word of mouth. Uh, rugged Rosaries. Yeah. The Rugged Rosary. www.cordbands.com. And the big thing with like having a rosary is every rosary I've had, I have like a a little a little chest of drawers, a little mini one, yeah. and in it are various like prayer cards that are either battered or ripped. I have medals that have been defaced. I have tons and tons of rosaries that have been broken, or rosary parts. They're all in this like, jug of like, holy things that are broken that I don't know what to do with. Well, I know what to do with them, but I'm just keeping them there for now. And then someone's like, no, you have to go to this rugged rosary place, because they've got these rosaries made out of like, this paracord, Mm -hmm. and they're freaking unbreakable. So I'm like, sweet. Mm -hmm. So I really, really, really like my rosary. And it's uh, their Black Monk uh, rosary. Mm-hmm. And I carried it around all the time. And it was great because it's, it's, like, it's bigger. Yeah. But I like that because I wouldn't lose it. But then I lost it. I don't know how I lost my rosary. It made me really angry. And also, my, my continuing, my, I have a, this continuing feud with St. Anthony. Because even though he's my namesake and my confirmation name is also Anthony, I can never find anything. And he seems not to help me. Mm-hmm. And um, That's because you stole his name. Maybe, maybe he's like, who do you think you are being named Anthony? Like, I'm the her- hammer of heretics. Exactly. You're just the okayest priest. Exactly. Because <laughs> uh, that's how saints talk, exactly. right? So I was thinking, uh, I just had to get the same one. Yeah. So I bought the same one. Uh-huh. But then I was on Twitter and I was like, what's the point of having 18,000 followers if I can't like get free stuff, uh-huh. right? So I, I tweeted at them saying, hey,
1: give me a free rosary. But here's the thing. (laughs) We we share a podcast. We are brothers. Indeed. Where's mine?
0: Your rosary. I'm gonna cry outrage if I don't get one. It's pure potentiality right now. I'm crying outrage. That's fair, but like did you, you ask?
1: How am I supposed to review it and to promote it if I don't get one? Well did you ask though? I didn't know when to ask could and ask. you shall receive. But why, Knock and the door will be open. So in, you didn't have the charitable heart to say, do what if I'm gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we should get one for Father Harrison too, since we're on the same podcast. We're gonna talk about it on the podcast.
0: You're right, you're right. I don't have the charitable heart, which is why I need to pray the rosary more. Maybe after a few weeks of praying it, then I'll be ready to be charitable to you. So anyway, I send out this like joking tweet, and they're like, Oh yeah, Father, we'd love to, like, you know, um send you a rosary and like here here on our podcast we just do our our patreon to make sure that nick gets paid for podcasting Mm. fees all that stuff that you just heard so it's they are giving us like no money or anything and i would have talked about them anyway right because the rosaries are just they're my favorite they're good they also have they have all kinds of stuff they have um like little 10 bead ones if you don't want these big guys they have bigger and smaller ones but they're just really really good and they're a little bit of an investment a little bit more expensive but it's totally worth it but that got me thinking this is a great excuse to just talk about the rosary oh final thing i'm getting their memento mori skull rosary which i'm really excited for mm-hmm. the big beads mm-hmm. are skulls cool. i'm so excited nice. <laughs> okay but i was like hey let's just get back to some catholic basics here let's talk about the rosary mm-hmm. are you okay with sure. that Sure. let's do it okay so first i want to talk about uh my relationship with mary I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but basically when I went into seminary, I had no devotion to Mary, no devotion to Our Lady. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I had nothing against her. She seemed like a very nice lady. Mm -hmm. Like she's Mary's mom, thumbs up. That's great. She looks great in blue. She seems to help people out. People like her. Okie dokie. That's fine. But I had no like personal devotion. And when I got to seminary, all the guys there had like these really beautiful devotions to Mary. I mean, we were singing the Salve Regina after night prayer. I saw people walking around the campus, praying the rosary. Uh, I saw people with like icons and statues in their rooms that they used to pray with um, to remember our lady's intercession. I'm like, that's really, really cool. And I don't have it. So I, I overreacted to it. Cause that's what I do with all things spiritual. I overreact to them. And I started like, Going into each guy's room and, like, asking them, like, why do you love Mary so much? And how did this relationship get started? And what's the deal? And I had all these conversations. And I was reading books. I, I read Scott Hahn's book on, uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Our Lady. I read um, Edward uh, Sarai, Sri uh, a book that he – re- I was reading all this stuff. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. I get it. But I don't get it. Like, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. Why don't I have this? I remember at one point in time, uh, a buddy of mine, friend of the show, Carl, uh, had this really beautiful image of Our Lady of the Rosary, and I'm just freaking out in his room, and I grab this image of Our Lady of the Rosary. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) Very dramatically, right? Um, This is the whole thing. And I go to my spiritual director, and he just looks at me, and he goes, why don't you just like talk to her and get to know her? And I was like, oh, that's a very reasonable way to get to know someone. So I just started doing it. I started praying the rosary. I started um, praying some other devotional prayers and just felt kind of awkward at first, but I'm like, I know it's not bad, so mm-hmm. let's just keep going. And it became a huge, huge, huge part of my devotion in seminary. The, the, the total consecration I went through, um, started praying the rosary on my own. I remember at one specific time... I was in a real moment of darkness in minor seminary and just, it was when the depression stuff was going on and other stuff was going on and just out of desperation because I didn't know what else to pray or to do. I didn't want to pray. I remember being in my pew, pulling out a rosary and just started very rotely praying it. And I forget exactly what mystery it was, but like all of a sudden, like my heart just like lightened up and there was clarity and there was peace in this like brilliant like moment. Uh, and I was just very aware of Our Lady's presence and it just like pulled me out of this funk. It was a beautiful gift at the moment and something that I really needed. So since then, I've kind of gone back and forth with uh, the rosary. Mm-hmm. Not just the rosary, but Marian devotion. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have a deeper love for Our Lady, but I feel like, and, and tell me um, what your experience of this. I think there are different seasons in the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. That there was this really strong Marian season in my spiritual life for about you know, two, three years. And then that sort of like took a step to the side. Mary was still there. Mary was still interceding for me, like she interceded for that couple in Cana. But I was more focused then on certain aspects of, uh, other aspects of spirituality and the life of Christ. And now more recently, I, oh yeah, like for a while, I was really focusing on God the Father mm-hmm. and like that aspect for me. But in the last uh, year or so, that Marian tug of my heart has been coming back, and I've been going back towards uh, my prayer of the rosary. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that, like spiritual different seasons and things like that going on? I
1: think it's definitely true. I think, and I've been pondering this, because the church has such a... There's so much tradition in the church, right? So like, much. And so much so that I think if you... It can feel weighty sometimes. Mm-hmm. And... um can feel like too much and it can feel like is this um it can just feel too much sometimes so i think those spiritual seasons where we don't like lose the faith or anything but we just start to kind of get back to basics for what works for us in our prayer life and then try to develop things more healthily because i think especially when you're younger and stuff you get more zealous you just kind of do everything at once (laughs) yeah and you don't ponder about like what's a more mature way to to grow in prayer um I find that, um, yeah, that weight can really kind of weigh, literally weigh on you, and and so it's okay to go through those seasons, as long as you're always praying, right? Yeah, And exactly. and to trust that, like, like with Mary, for example, she's always there. She's always guiding us. She's not like abandoning us. Um, and, and it's, I think it's, I think although I do think that the rosary or at least some form of Marian devotion, at least. Is integral to every Christian life. Yeah, I would agree with that right? absolutely. But it, but that takes. Here's the thing: God is merciful. God, like you said earlier, God loves us. There's never a moment He doesn't love us, and so He's not going to like hate us because we love Mar- We're not doing as much marrying devotion as maybe we even probably should be sometimes. He, or just the kind well, of marrying devotion too, right? So just to like God, there's a patience to God's love that wants to guide us to do it authentically and out of a real freedom rather than I need to mm-hmm. do this to be holy.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to get into that yeah. more. I think that's, that's what, one of the things I want to talk about. But for example, um, I read this, um, and I, I'm pulling a little bit from this book, and I think it's St. Louis de Montfort's best book, mm-hmm. is The Secret of the Rosary. Mm-hmm. It's it's poetically and beautifully written. If you If you haven't prayed the rosary and you're like, I feel like I should sort of do this, but I'm just not into it, it's $1 on the Kindle. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the paperback is really cheap, but The Secret of the Rosary. Um, and I'll be talking a little bit about some aspects of that book. But I was getting so into the rosary, I love it so much, I ended up uh, praying an entire rosary, so um, all four sets of mysteries every day. And for like three days, it was actually a really good thing for me. Uh, but it became to a point where all I was doing was praying the rosary, and my prayer was less about praying and connecting with our Lord and Lady And more about just getting it done yep and it consumed my prayer life and then kind of ended up destroying my prayer life because it was about at that time in my life from this thing which was a genuine zeal and devotion and that got kind of got twisted into a kind of pride where like I am going to pray I mean of course I didn't talk to my spiritual director about this Mm -hmm. I just decided I'm gonna pray all the mysteries every day. That's what I'm going to do. That's the holy thing to do. I'm not going to listen if the Holy Spirit tugs my heart in some different kind of prayer. I'm not going to bring to Jesus Christ the different sufferings or challenges I'm going through in the day because I don't have time for that because I have to pray the rosary. And that really like exploded, like imploded my prayer life at one point in time. And so it's only recently that I've gotten back to a more healthy like understanding of the rosary. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's important to like know those things, that there are really good time-tested general advice for the Christian mm-hmm. that the church kind of gives a strong nod to. Mm-hmm. But it's also very important that each soul is different and needs different things at different times. Right. Okay? So, like, if you're not praying at all, and the first prayer, like, you're just not praying at all, I don't know how to pray, praying the rosary every day is an excellent, excellent idea. Right. Okay, but this uh, bringing that sort of stuff up. There was a story uh, that my bishop told me, and this was early on when he came back to Pittsburgh, and he was doing this um, uh, some kind of town hall meeting. Yeah. I forget exactly what meeting he was at, but he was asking the people, "What do I need to do to be, you know, a better bishop?" And some uh, person Galab said, "You need to tell people to pray the rosary every day. If everyone prays the rosary every day, then everything will be fixed." Something along those lines. Right. And the bishop said, you know, I love the rosary, yeah. I pray it every day, and he has a beautiful devotion to Our Lady, uh, but only 20% of Catholics go to Mass, right. so I feel like that needs to be my focus right now. Right. So those two things, those two points that they brought up are not mutually exclusive, but I think it's a, it's a good illustration of sometimes the extremes that we can go to in particular kinds of piety. And I, I, I struggle with talking about this. And the reason why I struggle about talking about this is because I have experiences of, um, in seminary, of times where the idea of piety was sometimes kind of uh, frowned upon right. or taken with, like, ooh, that's maybe not what you should be doing. So, Father Harrison, I have a genuine question for you because uh-huh. I've never actually thought about the definition. <laughs> but what is piety? Being pious. Can you you give me something? It just
1: means to. I I would say it's a a heart that desires to be in communion with God through prayer and charity. Yeah. Does that sound like a fair? I think that's fair. I think that was
0: very good. Yeah, yeah. So I think like pious actions will be those things that help you do that. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, But sometimes, in some people in the church, they'll take that piety, and they'll give it a different definition. They'll, they'll kind of think of it as a superstition. Right. So when I'm when I'm trying to balance my approach to prayer and the rosary, I'm always kind of wary because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the one who says, you know, like, don't ever pray the rosary or don't... Cause that's in the back of my mind because right. the rosary is a beautiful prayer. It has a long tradition in the church, and it's really good. And right now, I'm in a particular season of love with the rosary mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but also, it's my job as a priest to give the whole truth, to say things accurately and well. So, these are what's going in my mind as I'm talking about the rosary. Is that yep, fair? Yeah, that's
1: fine. Totally.
0: Yeah. Because there is a, you could approach the rosary as, And any kind of prayer, you can approach the Divine Mercy Chaplet, you can approach any of the apparitions, Uh, you can approach a lot of things, and you can approach it like they're magic. Right. Like, if I say the right words the right way, then I will get my reward. That's called paganism. Yeah. If I say the right words, if I do the right thing, if I use the right formula, then this thing will happen and there are and this is a sneaky thing that can pop up in your heart it can happen with people's approach to liturgy mm-hmm. it can happen with all kinds of approaches of prayer and spiritual practices and you, and the actual prayer or practice or even the liturgy itself becomes an idol mm-hmm. because it comes all about the thing and not about this avenue and connection with god right because the verse itself it's this really the reason why it's so good is that it encompasses so many aspects of prayer and it's okay so let's do a little bit of history yeah, of the rosary sure. there are in the so let's stick with the first original three mysteries Kay. and we'll do a little addendum on the, on the last one sounds good how many how many hail marys are in that uh,
1: 153
0: 153 right uh, because you do the three extra ones um but 150 is an important number mm-hmm. because what else is 150 father harrison that's a big important thing
1: uh the american states times three
0: uh, that's, that's good. I'm very proud of you. I am going to give you uh, uh, points of effort. Do you have a second guess? The Psalms. <laughs> the Psalms. Yeah, exactly. There are 150 Psalms. Yes. So even going back to our Jewish roots, the idea of pray, praying the Psalms is a deep part of our prayer life. Because what's... Can you imagine a better way to pray than the words that God has given us to pray with, right? Right. And so the idea of praying the Psalms every day, that's where we get our, uh, our breviary, our Liturgy of the Hours. Mm-hmm. It's um, an ancient practice in the Jewish uh, faith as well as in the church, praying the Psalms. Right. But there's a problem, because to pray the Psalms, if you haven't you know memorized them by heart, if, they weren't, if you weren't brought up with them as a child, if you're just converting into Christianity, it's gonna be hard to get a copy of the Psalms, right? right? And if you can't read, then you're like there's what can you do? Right. So there's that aspect that's going on. Also just the idea of keeping track with of prayer with beads is kind of this like weirdly human thing that a lot of cultures have. There's lots of different like kind of like prayer beads. There's something about it that tangible aspect. Mm-hmm. I think it's pointing to our sacramental instincts Absolutely. and imagination. Absolutely. So this is, a, this is a, a very sort of human thing because nothing's more human than religion, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Um, so that's going on. So you have that, and uh, you have uh, another th- thing that happens in the church is very often you have monks or hermits or religious orders that develop these forms of piety, and then the, the laity uh, or the rest of the laity really want to imitate them. Right, And so they become... There's different versions of what monks and religious do that get handed on to lady that suit their life. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite ones uh, that I see people doing is the little office to the Virgin Mary. Right, yeah, and it's like it's a liturgy hours, but it's shortened down with a little bit more of a Marian emphasis. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of like it's like this beautiful way to kind of imitate the prayer of the religious, but bring it in to a a secular kind of context. And it's good. Right. So for a lot. For a long time in the church, if you couldn't pray the Psalms but you wanted to imitate what the religious were doing, if you wanted to do something, you would just offer the much simpler prayers of the Hail Marys and the Our Father. Right. And what that rosary becomes then, the mysteries kind of become this New Testament Psalter. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Psalms really go through and enter deeply into the tradition. The salvation history found in the Old Testament, uh, that leads up and is completed in the New Testament, the mysteries of the Rosary are kind of like the Psalter for the New Covenant and right. the New Testament, uh, because even if you couldn't read Scripture, if you're being raised Christian, if you're being converted into it, you're you're hearing these sermons and homilies mm-hmm. you're a part of this community mm-hmm. the stories are being told and shared you are aware of the life of Christ so you've got that material to meditate on this is a way of organizing it yeah. so the the rosary part took different like forms but it kind of gets solidified with saint dominic mm-hmm. and so uh, when you think of the rosary you think it was made by saint dominic and probably like the rosary as we know it today was was given to him okay so Fun story about St. Dominic. He is trying to convert the Albigensians, right?
1: Those crazy and Albigensians.
0: Th- yeah, they're just the worst.
1: The worst. Uh, that's
0: a fun... So today, today is the feast day of St. Saint- uh, when we're recording, the feint- Saint- uh, Father Harrison. Yes. What feast day is it today Saint that Ignatius. we're recording? St. Right. And he found the Jesuits to combat what?
1: Uh, the Protestant Re- Reformation.
0: Okay, so the joke is... Do you know what the difference between the Dominicans and the Jesuits are?
1: Uh, no, what's the difference? I've, well, I've, heard, I've Al- heard... Oh, I see. Yes, yes. Or something
0: yes. along the lines. You don't. You, you see plenty of Protestants out there, but you don't see any Albigensians. That's right, that's right. So that's, There's a, probably a better formation of that yeah. joke, but anyway. The one I've heard is
1: um, God um, can't tell how much money the Dominicans have, how many orders of Franciscans there are, and what the hell the Jesuits are talking about.
0: see that's good that's great yes
1: (laughs) oh Ah, good so basically
0: yes delightful and there's a lot of jesuits who listen to this podcast and i i love you guys guys too and i i have a deep devotion to ignatian uh forms of prayer and stuff i'm gonna celebrate uh his feast day you guys are good you're doing good work okay amen but basically he's praying and he's trying to figure out like what the heck do i do about these albigensians and our lady appears and she's like, would you like me to tell you how to convert the Abigensians? And he says, oh, why, yes, because you are Mary and you're, you probably know what you're talking about. Right. She says, you're absolutely right. And she says, I want you to know that in this kind of warfare, the principal weapon has always been the angelic psalter, which is the foundation stone of the New Testament.
1: Hmm.
0: There's a lot in that quote yeah. from this story, right? So in this kind of warfare, the warfare of Converting souls to the truth, the principal weapon has always been the angelic psalter, which is a beautiful name for the rosary. Why is it called that? Because the Hail Mary was uttered mm-hmm. by the angel Gabriel. Right. And it's the psalter, 150. So Our Lady points back to a tradition, maybe not as well formed, maybe a little bit more um, either organic or messy, of praying the rosary, of having, praying the Hail Mary for the conversion of souls. Right. The he also points to the fact that this is the foundation stone of the New Testament because in the mysteries of the rosary, you encounter salvation history. You encounter what the life, uh, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ, but also with the life of Mary added into that, the effects of that on humanity, the results of that. Um, So you have this whole aspect of that being bound up in that prayer. So I like how... Um, the story, which I have no reason not to believe is true, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting that it points to kind of the historical and the divine sort of history, if that, if that makes yep. sense. No,
1: I, that's why. I, I you know what? For some reason, I don't, I'm either not remembering or I don't remember hearing that before. So it's kind of beautiful. E- really even is. Father Harrison learns.
0: So you know what Saint Dominic does right after this? What he goes in the cathedral because it's preaching time, and. As he's preaching, and he's preaching about the rosary, all of a sudden it starts raining and storming, and there's this image of Our Lady in the cathedral that is condemning the people gathered in that cathedral because they have unconverted hearts. That's funny. That's and awesome. And three times she condemns them. <laughs> this is Our Lady. <laughs> but then St. Dominic says, hey, can you, can, you, can you not do that? And she goes, okay, but pray the rosary. And then like the storm lifts, and everyone starts praying the rosary, and they turn back from their life of sin and they're all converted <coughs> lovely beautiful so what's going on in the rosary as i eat um <laughs> almonds which is terrible sorry yeah, why are you make. eating
1: while we're podcasting what kind of a podcaster <laughs> I'm really are you
0: hungry i haven't eaten i only had a little bit of lunch today real quick what makes the rosary so good is that you do have this kind of tangible thing that you're holding in your hand mm-hmm. we've all experienced distractions in prayer I fiddle all the time. Like when I'm at a meeting or whatever, your hands are always looking for something to do to keep your mind occupied. Uh, Freaking uh, fidget spinners were a thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a human need that's kind of being met. So you've got that. You have the actual words of the Hail Mary, the Our Father of the Creed, which are beautiful and efficacious and point to um, deep truths and realities about our faith. And you're also working one aspect of your mind by just saying those words. But the real oomph of the rosary comes from the meditation on the mysteries of the rosary. Mm -hmm. And why it's so good that the rosary is repetitious is because these mysteries are these infinite wells that you can constantly, constantly pull from. So if you're first starting off to pray the rosary, I strongly suggest getting a scriptural aid or help. Mm -hmm. Um, We mentioned... St. Jose Maria Escriva, he's got a really beautiful, short, and really, really punchy meditations on the rosary, scriptural ones mm-hmm. that you can find. There's all kinds out there. Because what that does is it helps you enter more and more deeply into the life of Christ, and there's so much stuff you can pull from it. For example, I was praying uh, the Joyful Mysteries, and another thing you can do with the rosary is kind of at what kind of... Um, Virtue or grace are you asking for? You're praying for mm-hmm. this my- mystery. And it was joyful ones. And I had this evangelization meeting coming up. And as I was praying the visitation, it like all of a sudden struck me like, this is Mary going in haste to Elizabeth, literally bringing Jesus Christ with her to spread the news of the Savior. Mm-hmm. Like, Mary, please gain for me the grace and the energy to spread the gospel like you did. And so that colored my whole meditation there. So. The reason why the rosary is so good is because of Jesus and Mary. It's just a really good avenue Mm -hmm. into their life, their virtues, and the graces. And on top of all that, and I'm I'm going over this stuff kind of quickly, but prayer, if you're praying, if you're genuinely praying, and that doesn't mean that you're super focused because sometimes you can't be. It doesn't mean that you're receiving um, these super constellations. But if you're genuinely trying to pray and giving that time to God, the Lord... And uh, he also allow our lady to work miracles and secrets of grace in your heart. As you pray. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like when we're talking about different kinds of prayer, we tell you almost about the practical effects of it. Mm -hmm. And there certainly are practical effects of it. Sure. 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 But you forget that just by being in God's presence Mm -hmm. and being with him, he transforms and heals your hearts in these super quiet ways. Right. Um, And that'll happen in the rosary. So, uh,
1: I want to add a couple of things here quickly before we. End. Please, yeah, um, I've been I've been talking so much. Yeah, the the first thing is because like, you know some people are going to say, well, why should I be praying to Mary? It's the same thing with with saints. Doesn't it distract from oh, yeah, Jesus? Oh yeah, the right? classics. Yeah, classic question. But always remember, we are all one body in Christ. This entails and and means then that if we are one body in Christ, that when we're asking a certain saint to intercede for us or anything, they're part of Christ's body. You're actually just honoring a part of who Christ is, which is really important. And why would you not want to honor a part of who Christ is? It's actually not taking attention away from Jesus. It's actually just focusing on a particular aspect of who he is. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is like, so for me, like when the rosary became really important for me was was when it was in seminary. I, I mean, I'll be honest, even since then I've gone through some seasons and stuff like that with it. I love it. It's just... You're trying to do a holy hour every day. You're trying to say Mass every day, doing your breviary every day. Like, there are times where it's just not that I don't want to. It's just, uh, (laughs) of course, this is just going to add Father to people. While Father Harrison does not like Mary.
0: Uh, No, no, no. But it's not true, right? It's not because the church has told you you have certain prayers that are your priority. Exactly,
1: right? So, anyways, but I I do pray. It's just not, to be honest, I'm at that place right now where I'm not praying every day right now. Not because I hate it, just because it's just it's just hard to get that all together anyways. Yeah. But, um, when I do pray it, what I love about it is the way I look at it is this is when I'm praying it, I'm asking Mary, help me with the reason we say each Hail Mary over and over again, it's not repetitious prayer. It's asking her in this moment. Now, let me see this mystery through your eyes. I think Mm -hmm. I mentioned this a bit on the Mary podcast we did, right? Um, let me see this through your eyes. You, I am a sinner. I am someone who, uh, who cannot see Christ perfectly who has um, who has barriers to appreciating Christ for who he is objectively, but you are Mary, and you have none of those barriers because you're full of grace. Give me that grace to see things, like, expropriate from your heart the mysteries of your son for me to know. And that always brings me a comfort that that's the secret grace at work, I think, is Mary is drawing us closer and closer to her heart to see the mysteries of Jesus's life and to encounter Jesus more intimately and more purely.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. I love that. And, uh, I guess my final word is, and I had more stuff and I have more thoughts, but, um, once you learn how to pray the rosary, kind of the classic way with the mysteries, I'm also, I am a huge, and we didn't get into this, but, um, I I think there are very few people in the modern era who had deeper devotion to Mary than John Paul II, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've uh, really fallen in love with the luminous mysteries Mm -hmm. as well, especially in my life as a priest. Something about those mysteries have really, really clicked for me. Mm -hmm. But um, once you've got kind of like those basics down, make sure that you're really free to pray the rosary however you want. I had a friend uh, in seminary who um, sometimes he would be praying a mystery, and he would be into it. And by the time he got to the glory B, he wasn't done. So he would just pray like all five decades with just one mystery on his heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Or some people will do a thing where well, they'll think of one person for each Hail Mary that they offer or one reason to be thankful for, for each Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. And they're not focusing so much on the meditations. That's what they're doing. That's okay. Go ahead and do that mm-hmm. too. Um, so make sure prayer should lead you deeper and deeper into the freedom of christ so if you want to mix it up i do some different prayers at the end of the rosary um and so all that stuff is good too yeah uh prayer should lead us deeper into freedom and it's good yes amen prayer is good is how i'm gonna end this there one. we go sounds good
1: <laughs> all right oh father
0: harrison thank you for letting me uh no problem i was kind
1: one. of fading anyway so it worked out well <laughs> not not good because of what you were saying i'm just <laughs> like i said it's that time of day where i'm just like i'm half alive
0: <laughs> Good, I'm happy. Uh, so, thank you for listening, guys. Please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. You can find
1: me at Father Sharapa on Twitter. You can find me at Fr. Harrison.
0: Contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on Twitter or email us at clericallyspeaking.com if you want to contact us. Use the, the clerically speaking.
1: speaking at gmail.com email. I, I don't mean to anger people, but if you email my personal account, I will probably ignore it because I get enough emails there already. And so we try to check the clerically speaking email once or twice a week and that's where we'll respond from. It's just otherwise folks it just gets we get enough emails at the parish.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Good. Cool. Uh hey, peace.
1: God bless you.